Yep. Hello and welcome to Shaman Sister Sessions, episode 61. I'm Michelle Hawk and I'm here with my shaman sister, Catherine Bird. Today we are speaking about, are you an empath or highly sensitive person? To give you a bit of an idea of where this podcast originated, Kat and I became friends several years ago and started having these amazing conversations about our work, our personal and professional philosophy, what it means to be a shaman, what it means to be a healer, what it means to be a practitioner in the world. And about a year and a half ago, I think we've been going about a year and a half now, we decided we should invite other people to these conversations. And so our podcast is born. Thank you so much for joining us. If this is your first time, welcome. And if this is your fifth or 25th or 50th time, welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us. We do invite you as we're going, if you feel inclined to chat into the comments section and share comments or questions, you can do so. And uh, we will feel uh, we will answer them as as we feel called and as it feels relevant in the course of our conversation today. So thank you so much for joining us. Are you an empath or a highly sensitive person? If you're on this call today, the answer is you're probably familiar with those terms already. So probably. Otherwise, you know, you probably wouldn't be listening to our, our show today. But Kat, how are you doing? <laughs> I, oh, wow. okay. Uh, um, uh, okay, I'm doing great. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, it's a very busy day today, so I think I feel a little bit like, oh, okay, now this and then that. I, we just got off our Light Warrior group call, our last um, group call for our program, which was beautiful and touching, and then I was recording myself doing Qigong to send to my Qigong uh, teacher for my medical Qigong certification training and then jumping on here and have a masterclass right after and Qigong training after that. Like, <laughs> wow. like, I'm, like I'm very, very, uh, very busy today. So I am so excited though to get to sit down and talk to you about this particular topic and it's once again one of those like uh, why haven't we talked about this yet mm -hmm. um, so one of the things Kat that we'll be bringing up I'm sure is how to be an empath or highly at least sensitive person and still be busy and be running around doing a bajillion things because I know that's been a balance for you and for me and for everybody so thank absolutely. you very much <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely so this is uh, an empath and a highly sensitive person. This is a, a, a it's a, such an important topic, and it's something that it's it's almost like buzz buzzword ish at this point. Uh, I know I see a lot of empath uh, Facebook groups that are out there with just thousands and thousands of people in them. Um, it's, it's something that people are searching for and trying to figure out, is this what I am? Oh, this is explaining why I am these certain ways. So we want to give you some deeper insights into what it, what, what this stuff means and then how to deal with it. Uh, I, I see a lot of, uh, oh, you're an empath and that means this, but also not as much really very supportive uh, material uh, uh, of how to actually handle these things. So super happy to be diving into this topic. There's a lot of what I've noticed, and, and we'll get into some of these tangible tools and action steps toward the end of our call today, but I noticed, honestly, there's a lot of avoidant language and a lot of you know, in addition to kind of this lack of solutions, people's best options usually seem to include, well, just don't do that or don't be around those people or avoid them. And sometimes that might be genuinely the best option. And yet also, you know, Kat and I are very interested in our philosophy if, um, you know, if you're not super familiar with our work, but a huge part of our practice is integration and functionality in the human experience. You know, so we are, Kat and I are both very high functioning empaths who live busy lives and are on the computer a lot and interface with a lot of people. And I know, you know, for both of us, Kat witnessing you and then also witnessing me over these years, that has come from years of practice and 
integration and awareness and understanding and tools and techniques to be able to honor the the sensitive the very highly sensitive part of ourselves and not sacrificing any of the human stuff either absolutely and you know the other thing that i see a lot in sort of these groups and different things that are in you know social media and so on is a lot of victimhood in in this oh well i'm an empath so i can't do this or i can't do that or i can't you know have a successful business or see a lot of clients or live a normal life or uh, you know all of these things oh I'm so sensitive I'm you know I'm so sensitive so I can't even have a normal relationship or I can't um, you know have have boundaries or express myself in a good way so there 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 I, I see this a lot where it's like I'm gonna use this you know I'm highly sensitive and I'm an empath sort of title as a way to get out of uh, doing my own work or looking at myself or developing energetic practices that are going to support me or standing up for myself and having boundaries. So we're going to talk about a lot of this stuff because we want to see empowered empaths, not uh, shrieking, uh, falling away, I can't deal with the world empaths because empaths and highly sensitive people are of vital importance to healing evolution uh, of consciousness to change and growth to supporting other people on their paths we are the healers we're the change makers we're uh, the the lovers of the world right we're the ones who can show up and hold space for other people we can feel other people's feelings so that we're able to connect deeply and support people through their processes and I know that a lot of people struggle with the balance of that so we want to help you with those things absolutely well let's jump into we've already thrown out some of these hallmark characteristics of empaths and highly sensitive people but let's dive in a little bit deeper so how do you know if you're an empath or a highly sensitive person what are some of these defining characteristics I uh, I feel like I used to be one of those people where, you know, I didn't know that this was a thing. I just knew that I felt as though I could feel everything. That was, I mean, really, that's kind of like the number one pieces is like you feel everything around you. You feel other people's emotions. You feel other people's energy. You feel tragedies that happen halfway around the globe. You start crying for no reason. And then you find out later there was a, you know, a massive natural disaster and, you know, so many people died. And so, and really it's about the feeling. So being in the heart, you know, Kat, as you were listing, um, you know, why, uh, you know, the empaths are the lovers, the empaths are the, the sensitive people, the empaths are the people who are in touch with their heart and they feel deeply, not only their own stuff, but they feel the vibration of other people, other beings on the planet, everybody around them, other animals. So that's really you know, one of the key components of identifying, are you an empath or a highly sensitive person? Right. And, you know, within that, there's, there is so much feeling and often an experience of being unable to sort through feelings, uh, an experience of being unsure if I'm feeling my feelings or am I feeling someone else's feelings that I happen to be in proximity to? Is this mine or is this someone else's? Uh, tends to be a, a, common, a common pattern with empaths. Absolutely. And that's one of the biggest tools when we get to the tools that we're offering you. Discernment is going to be your best friend in this because then you'll be able to identify, okay, well, this belongs to me and this does not. So then, you know, deciding where to go from there, but being able to really know our own energy and our own frequency so that we don't get confused. That aspect of not being able to sort through, feeling confused, feeling overwhelmed is really typical of the empath experience for people either who don't know that they're an empath, can't identify what they're experiencing or or you know maybe a little bit newer or younger especially we see this in children where you know and i'm sure a lot of the people tuning in i mean just kind of looking at who's watching like i know some of you i know oh yeah i know for a fact like you had this childhood pattern of 
um, of being really sensitive or maybe having a hard time connecting with other people or maybe you loved animals as a kid and it was so much easier for you because connecting with other people's energy felt really confusing or having conversations where you could feel that they were feeling something but saying something different, emotional incongruence. This is empaths are very sensitive to that and empaths can feel like, oh, you're saying something, but I feel a different thing from you. So you're, you know, you're lying, right? We're great lie detectors in that way. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so this is also a clue into your empathic nature. If you were the kid that was being told, don't be so sensitive. Why are you so reactive? Why do you take everything so personally? Why does this mean so much to you? This isn't such a big deal. Um, if this was something that was constantly being told to you, then it might be a sign that you were coming from that place. And often what happens is when you are so open, so sensitive as a child, at some point you go, okay, that's it. The world's really hard. I'm done. I'm closing everything off. And then later on when life starts to feel a little bit, you know, more stable, maybe there can be this like, oh, I'm completely now I'm reopening things. My healing gifts are reopening. And now I'm becoming more and more empathic. This new wave of openness opens up. And it might be like, well, but that's not who I am. I'm not that. Uh, and it's simply sometimes we have to remember, oh, yeah, when I was little, that's true. I was like hiding under my desk crying. And I was like taking everything really personally. And I decided not to do that anymore. So um, that's another way to discover your if that's you. <laughs> and if you don't remember, you can always call up relatives or friends, you know, childhood friends and, and ask, you know, what was I like as a kid? We see this a lot, you know, maybe some of you tuning in, you have children or you're around children and noticing that, you know, more and more, maybe especially here in Portland, I think it's, uh, you know, we foster that a little bit more like in Waldorf schools or whatever, you know, there are enough hippies in Portland having kids now where it's more of a thing. And yet, children are so naturally sensitive and naturally in tune. And this is one of the things I, I also want to drop this, this idea seed empathy, the, the skill of empathy and the, the um, skill and ability, I will say of empathy is universal. This is not something that some people have and some people don't, or some people have and other people can't have. This is a, this is a fundamental characteristic across all beings, you know, humans, animals, etc. We are all capable of empathy. And it's really just a matter of do you give yourself and are you given the opportunity to understand, work with it and expand with it? Some people, you know, if they're experiencing deep trauma or um, you know, or they're around an abusive childhood or they're, you know, it's beaten out of them or something like that, it, it gets shut down. And this is a I would say lack of empathy is not the norm. It is actually a disorder. If we're looking at like, what is the original state of being? The original state of being is in touch with the hearts and feeling safe and feeling connected. And the, the reason, you know, Kat, like you were talking about, if you're under the desk crying as a kid, or if you were around an unsupportive upbringing, shutting down that part because it wasn't safe. So it's really looking at, you know, it's not the empaths who are out of line or experiencing psychological challenges or whatever the deal is. It's like, no, this is the original state of being. And if we're numbed out and we're pushing that away, that is actually the disorder function of being out of the heart space, being removed from this connection state. Mm -hmm. um, and, and there's also one more thing to say about like you can you can be in, a, in an environment that doesn't support this, which is basically every you know, public school in America that doesn't support this, it doesn't teach it, it doesn't, doesn't teach it for others, it doesn't honor it um, and have it shut down. But also a lot of empaths are, are trained and created in abusive uh, environments and in homes that have... A, a certain amount of um, instability so that if you are unsure about the emotional experience that's going on in your home as a child, you will, you will be trained, your emotional body will be trained into a heightened state of, uh, of empathic awareness 
because you're trying to track everyone's emotions in the home so that you can remain as safe as possible, so that you can try to understand, oh, mom's feeling this way, I should act this way. Dad is feeling this way, I should go do this. So uh, we can both be trained into it to a very heightened, heightened way. We can also be trained out of it. So some of you might fall somewhere along that spectrum and uh, also might be discovering that it almost feels like it's coming out of nowhere as you go through a spiritual or a shamanic, a healing awakening, that all of a sudden these awarenesses, these psychic awarenesses and, and things that you're developing are creating this greater sense of of being an empath and feeling other people's feelings to a greater extent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's super important. I'm glad you brought that up. The, um, you know, sort of looking at the, uh, the different ways in which we are brought up and the things that we surround ourselves with, the people that we are surrounded with contributing to that evolution or that shutdown or somewhere in between. The, um, someone asked an interesting question I want to go ahead and read that. And uh, they're saying, I know an empath who uses it, meaning empathy, to manipulate. Is that just too much empathic power gone awry? No. Uh, I don't think there is such a thing as too much empathic power when I, and maybe this would be, you know, as we're getting into, I think we're sort of transitioning into why is it important to be really aware of our empathic abilities it's like any tool. Empathy is a tool. It is a quality. Is it? It is a state of being. So, for example, just like any other skill that we can develop, you know, conversation is a skill. It is an ability to be able to converse and interact with other humans. People can use that to build compassionate relationships, or people can use it to build abusive relationships, or somewhere in between. It's like a, a kitchen knife, or a, you know, a knife. You can use it to cut vegetables, or you can use it to hurt somebody. Empathy is just as any other tool or skill. It is given value and given the energy that the person is choosing to use with it. Now, when you're asking that question, um, actually, I mean, I've got some other thoughts about that, but Kat, I want to see if you have anything to add. Well, I, I think it depends. I know that sometimes there are people who are emotionally manipulative, which might be... Uh, and uh, in in context of a statement around I am an empath and therefore I feel things and now I'm going to somehow emotionally manipulate you or I'm going to use the fact that I'm feeling something. This is something that some people do is like I'm feeling something from you so you're causing me pain so I'm going to try to control your behavior or I'm going to tell you that you're feeling something even if you aren't really feeling that and somehow manipulate the situation. So there, I mean, there's lots of ways that people can manipulate. So it would be, you know, that's emotionally manipulative. There are some people who pretend to be empaths when they're actually not at all. And you're like, if you were really an empath, you would be feeling that that's really painful to me. And why are you treating me this way? Well, you know, because people are wounded and they're coming from their their place of wounds and maybe they're also highly emotionally sensitive. And so we kind of get all of these things muxed up and muddled into a big mess when we're we're thinking and, and talking about emotions, which is a feeling state of being. And then, you know, add in people's wounds, their traumas, they're trying to get their own way, they're trying to be loved, they're trying to, um, you know, receive recognition or whatever that that is. And it, you know, it's easy to, it's easy to manipulate people who are empaths in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. uh, And we see that a lot. So Um, you know, I I hate to say it's easy to manipulate people who are empaths, but because of that nature, there's so much feeling going on that we will often do things that we don't want to do in order to stop a feeling from happening. Mm. And for more on that, we, Kat and I did an episode a few months ago 
several months ago, maybe the end of last year on predators in the spiritual community. So I highly suggest going back to look at that. We do discuss the empath sociopath relationship and dynamic that appears and emotional manipulation that appears under the guise of a spiritual community or spiritual connection. So go ahead and tune in if you missed that one. Um, I would love to circle back and say it is not the empathy itself that is at fault, you know, in asking the question, is it too much empathic power gone awry? No, I really don't think there is such a thing as too much empathy. It's really how are you choosing to work with it and how are you choosing to engage in healthy practices just like anything else? So it is, you know, again, empathy is a tool. It is a skill and it is a tool or a skill that can be used for creating healthy, balanced, compassionate relationships and way of being in the world or unhealthy shadow uh, aspects used for manipulation or holding power over or victim, you know, Kat, you mentioned the victim energy at the very beginning. Um, and so I would encourage you to sort of look at, at it through that lens. And thank you for asking a question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I want to also say, like, we have highly sensitive person in here, right? Um, which can also fall under, like, it's almost another whole realm of conversation to be had. But we can also see highly sensitive people also are very sensitive to other things besides emotions. So highly sensitive to uh, loud noises to bright lights. I'm so sensitive to bright lights. It's ridiculous. Um, to uh, crowds, to um, electricity. You know, electricity, being very sensitive to electrical, to you know the Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and all of those things, to chemicals, uh, to smells, to tastes even. Like uh, there is a, a certain amount of, wow, that experience for me seems to be quite markedly more intense than it is for other people. And once again, we can use this as a way to be like, okay, there's something wrong with me. I'm somehow broken. I'm more sensitive than other people. I don't like these things that other people love. Uh, you know, oh, I'm, I'm never going to find love. I'm never going to find friends. I'm never going to have community. You know, that's kind of a spiral that we can get into when we are feeling that we are so sensitive. And, uh, you know, that's, that's where we, we don't want you to really go. It's a tendency to happen and it's a tendency to, and I know I have definitely shed a lot of tears and held a lot of pain around being highly sensitive. And once again, to say that that sensitivity, although sometimes I'm like, ah, just I want to be like everyone else and want to go to the big party with the crazy loud music and do this and, you know, live in the middle of the city and wouldn't my life be easier if I was that? And that was easy for me. And I didn't feel all of these things. Well, maybe my life would be easier in a certain regard. But also it's that heightened sensitivity that allows me and helps me to do the work that I do so that the subtle realms that I work in when someone comes in and I'm working in their energy field and with their spiritual self, that that gives me access to uh to feeling and recognizing things that other people might not be aware of. So it, it's like, oh, do I focus on how it's not giving me this thing or do I focus on how it gives me access to this? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And the more you tune into tools and techniques and practices and awareness to have a healthy relationship with your sensitivity, with your empathy, the more it will enable you and empower you to still live the kind of life that you really want, you know, maybe taking certain precautions or certain boundaries into account so that you can safely and comfortably experience a normal human life, you know, to the extent that you want to and, uh, and go out and have fun with friends and have a beer if you want and not have it knock you totally out. 
um, which can definitely happen, speaking personally, and then also from having witnessing and worked with many people for whom that is the reality. So the why, you know, why is this a desirable skill and awareness to cultivate rather than, oh my gosh, Michelle and Kat, this sounds like a giant pain in the ass. Like, why would I want to, um, to sit with all of this? Well, Kat, I really love what you mentioned with the empathy and the sensitivity being one of your most important tools. And this is what I have found to be the case too, is, you know, if I'm going to be a professional psychic healer, spiritual mentor and do my channeling work and do my healing work, it is vitally important for myself and for my clients that I am that sensitive. That is the thing that allows me to be very skilled at what I do. That's kind of number one for a practitioner. Right. It also gives us access to um, a, a deeper a deeper way of relating, a deeper way of relating to people. And I think especially when we look at children and, you know, looking at the, the sensitivity of children and uh, at the children that are being born now are just so special star beings that are coming out really well formed as, uh, as advanced uh, humans here and they need us. They need us. And the world needs us. The world needs us to be that gauge on what is happening. And, you know, we're also in a time of great transition and transformation of growth, of shedding. We're not in the most comfortable uh, time right now. And we're feeling that. And some of us are actually in in here to feel it, to feel it fully, and to process it, to uh, do some work for the collective, for uh, helping with the those that have come before on this planet, so that we can shift consciousness and we can evolve and we can change. So we are we are so important. We are vital components to this work and. Sometimes it doesn't look like you think it needs to look like it looks like, oh, I need to be working with people one-on-one -on -one doing healing sessions or I need to be doing this. Sometimes the work that you're meant to be doing is much more subtle than that and you're already doing it and to acknowledge those pieces because of how sensitive that you are. Mm-hmm. What was our episode about where we talked about grief workers? What was that? Uh, that was recent. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't remember what the name of it was. I don't remember what the name of it was either, but it, that feels um, in alignment with what you're talking about is maybe our work is visible as a practitioner, healer, whatever. Maybe it's not. And maybe that, uh, that, um, it wasn't the healer archetypes. We oh, we haven't done that one yet. I don't I don't remember. Anyway, go back and uh, we listen do to all the episodes. It was recent. It was a recent episode. Yeah, and we discussed grief workers mm -hmm. and uh, oh, emotional catharsis. It was That's the emotional. Right. Yes, emotional catharsis episode. I think we have a lot of information in there that informs our discussion today. And recognizing, I also want to talk about you know, Kat, what you're discussing is sort of that healing of the archetype of the empath. We've talked about that before too. And I think it's really interesting in light of this comment that was just chatted in. I have a little bit of a negative emotion when people say I am an empath, maybe due to judgment on empathy as difficult people. Thank you so much for sharing. We appreciate you tuning in and chatting that in. I think you're right. There is some of that, uh, that emotional charge or that perception of, oh, if I'm an empath, it means that I am X, Y, Z, high maintenance or difficult. You know, you use that word. I mean, this is my word. Um, I very lovingly call myself that now, just knowing that I need what I need and I like what I like. So I hear you. And, you know, to that, I would also ask who is, uh, you know, in addition, who is calling you an empath? Is it, you know, coming from other practitioners? Is it coming from people who don't know any better? But then that being really important to have a clear relationship with that skill of yours, you know, and, and I know you, I know you are an incredibly empathic person and it is an enormously valuable tool for the work that you are doing with humans and with animals. And, uh, you know, so I really highly encourage you to sit with what do I need to heal in myself in order to be 
totally on board with that term because it is, you know, knowing you, it is one of your most valuable tools. And um, yeah, and we can be, we can see ourselves as being more difficult, more high maintenance. I know um, my partner is, uh, he's actually highly, 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 he's an amazing empath, but um, he's not as sensitive as I am to a lot of things. And so I will sometimes super harshly judge myself that when he brings up something that he would like to do or he would like me to do with him, then I'm like, oh, that sounds horrible. I don't want to, I don't want to go there. I don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> And so there's the part of me that's like, oh, I'm so difficult because I'm so sensitive because he's like, well, let's live in this house right beside this busy road. And, you know, that's not going to be a problem. And I'm like, uh, no, that's a big that's a big problem. I'm really sensitive to, to sounds. Right. Uh, so, you know, again, it's like, don't beat yourself up. I also want to uh, throw in a, just a little bit of a, a clarifying piece around, you know, empathy is something that everyone has. Everyone has access to empathy. Everyone can be empathic. And then, you know, for those that are, that we have a lot of like hardcore empath uh, propagandists, I would say, who are like, no, like we are the empaths. Like we are the ones who are the empaths. Like they can have empathy, but we are the empaths. Um, Seriously? And, yeah. <laughs> Wow, I didn't realize it was a thing. Okay. It's a thing. So I've I've had some of these conversations where where people are like you you can't you they're not interchangeable. You can't use these terms interchangeably. So you know, just to say, let's let's have some some uh, calmness and patience around like our terminology of things, and that I don't know. I think that I I guess some people will. I mean, some people really can't feel empathy. At all, you know, there there are they're not in the majority of the population, thank God. But there are some people who that is not possible for them, and um, I, you know, I suppose that there is a, a large scale of experience that people are having. It, you know, and for those of us who feel a lot, we are often looking at the world and looking at the choices that people make and completely flabbergasted that someone could choose to make that decision which would affect people negatively or would do something to harm people or would you know put us above someone else in in a certain kind of way and so we're 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 all along this spectrum and i think that the thing is that when we own love accept and uh, then train ourselves to be able to handle wherever we're at on that spectrum, then you know we can become the uh, we can become the people that they're like, whoa, that person's so sensitive, and like they got their shit together, like <laughs> you know, like they're they're still able to to do what they do, and that's inspiring. That's inspiring for us. It's inspiring for other people. And it's something that we need to do, as Michelle is saying, to heal this archetype of the empath, uh, that we are not, you know, uh, difficult, high-maintenance, shitty people who are trying to ruin other people's good time. Um. <laughs> or, or weak or not powerful. You know, this is another part of that archetype is uh, historically people, you know, society has associated the skill and the abilities of empathy with women in a negative way of like, oh, you're so emotional. Oh, you're so sensitive. I can't tell you how many times I have heard you're so sensitive. Honestly, a great deal from my dad. And my dad, and here's the irony is my dad is one of the most like tender hearted super sensitive, you know, watches dog commercials and cries at the, like at the dog commercials person. And yet this is a, a quality which he has not ever cultivated a very healthy relationship with. And so for him seeing that in me, especially as a child, Oh, you're so sensitive. Or when I would call him out on saying insensitive things, implying that, Oh, it was my problem because I'm taking it personally or whatever. And I say, you know, that's where I say, no, this is part of me 
like having a healthy relationship with my sensitivity and what am I willing to accept into my field and what am I not, or what am I willing to, um, to encourage and cultivate in my relationships with other people and what am I not. And whereas in his case, as a, a man in his sixties now, you know, so an older generation, very sensitive, tender hearted man, who was never encouraged in cultivating that sensitivity and really, you know, from what he experienced in corporate America and what he experienced in, um, you know, just having challenges from growing up in, you know, in a loving family, but not having a lot of resources, not having a lot of money and, and just never really being able to tune into that part of himself. There is that, and I'm sure, you know, those of us tuning in, I, I think, Kat, it's fair to say that we have more women and women identified, you know, feminine identified people tuning into our, our show. And yet we also have plenty of men out there who are tuning in, wanting to heal that part of themselves and reclaiming that sensitivity as a powerful part of their ability to be in the world. And I think that's, that's a part of how we're also healing the relationship that we have with our own empathy and healing the relationship of the collective to seeing this as a valuable, desirable, important skill for policymakers, for politicians, for business people, for people who have lots of money and are making corporate decisions that impact, you know, millions of people, for, um, you know, for environmentalists, for all these people that we're seeing not in the practitioner field, not as healers, et cetera, but I would love to see empathy cultivated as a desirable, valuable skill in the field of corporate America, in, in international finance and in international government. That would very positively impact and, and create permission for people to be in their heart space in a new empowered way and have that be a powerful component rather than, oh, you're, you're empathic, that means you can't handle your shit or whatever the, our current negative debilitating view of empathy is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Michelle. So um, I want to, can we move on to like tools and such? Um, because we, we did have a question that came, came in of, of how does an empath and highly sensitive person exist as a human <laughs> in public, like on the bus and, and all of those things, you know, how do we deal? So, you know, let's move on. Like, how do you deal with this stuff? Like, okay, you know, yeah, check, check, check. I am that. I'm that person. Okay. I think the first one, well, let's just say, because Michelle was just talking about it, like accepting yourself, loving yourself, being, okay, this is who I am. Now let's go from there. I don't need to to change myself and be, uh, you know, beating myself up over the fact that I feel a lot. Now I need some tools to be able to move forward. So I think that really is the first tool is that like loving and accepting yourself for exactly where you're at right now. Mm -hmm. And seeing your empathy as something like a valuable quality rather than, Oh, my life is so hard because X, Y, Z, you know, when I, when we, again, like any skill or any value or any practice, when we give it a certain job, this is the other thing. When we have a practical application for our empathy and a, a, a container for our empathy, it becomes a really valuable tool as opposed, just like our emotions are valuable tools as opposed to being a wash in it. That's when it's it, when it feels overwhelming, when it feels debilitating, when it feels like something we would rather not have. Right. It's like a, a, hyperactive dog, right? If you give the dog a job and you tell it what to do, then it's super happier and stops being so crazy and destructive. And mm-hmm. so I see there are a lot of empaths out there who are just uh, overwhelmed in their experience. And when it is channeled into some sort of you know, healing work, working with others, working with animals, uh, you know, so on and so forth, or, or, you know, working in nature, like doing something in the natural environment that's going to give a positive feedback loop to the system, you know, you don't necessarily, because you feel things, need to go and work in the deepest, darkest parts of society. That's not what we're saying. Uh, You can do something that feels good to you 
but to have a, um, a, a container, as Michelle is saying, a container for the work that you're doing, you know, healers, psychics, empaths, sensitive people who are not utilizing those gifts and giving them a container in which to function often feel quite overwhelmed and unable to handle things as they're coming in. So mm -hmm. keep that in mind. Yeah, I would say, you know, once if we're sort of giving you the checklist, you know, kind of number one is acknowledge and accept and love yourself of like, I'm an empath, I'm a highly sensitive person that's okay. I love myself and I accept myself with that. Then I would encourage, you know, perhaps some journaling or reflection of how does my empathy serve me or how does my sensitivity serve me? Because it is so easy for us to come up with plenty of examples of like, this is how this makes my life harder, or this is how I get picked on or like, you know, da, 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 all of these negative connotations that we have with this skill, I would really love and encourage you to sit with, these are all the ways in which my empathy and my sensitivity positively contribute to my life and my human experience. Even if it's like, oh, because it means that I really easily make friends with dogs, like that's super fun. Or it means that I easily interact with children, or it means that I'm a good friend because I can always tell when somebody's having a hard day, or it means, you know, whatever it is, these are all the ways in which my empathy and my sensitivity serve me and make my life better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say that the next piece is to become embodied and grounded. And one of the things that is happening in, for a lot of people is that they are all of the energy that they have is actually up in the higher realms of their their bodies. So it might be kind of in the psychic realm. So receiving a lot of information and maybe images and dreams and things coming in and also in the heart. So feeling overwhelmed, feeling so many feelings, feeling so much. And uh, without a stable, grounded, embodied experience where there is a collection, a storing of energy in the lower body, a connection to the legs, to the to the hips and pelvis, to the feet, to the earth. Uh, that is where the overwhelm comes from a lot of the time. It comes from not having a sourced, grounded experience of life. And so learning some energetic grounding practices, I think we have a grounding uh, episode coming up sometime this spring. And we also, um, energetic survival for empaths, healers, and sensitive people. Tune into that one. Yep. That's a really important one to maybe go watch that one next. But uh, learning a grounding practice of visualizing your energy, your roots of your, the tree that you are, reaching down into the earth, using that exhale breath to exhale everything down and to anchor yourself into the core of the earth. And so this is a, a very important practice to have. So when you're on the bus or out in public or at a party to ground and root yourself into the earth, to solidify yourself into this larger magnetic field so that you're not one tiny little thing up here feeling and, and being up here, but you're actually sourced from a lower, more uh, uh, solid place is one of the most important things that you can do. And through that embodiment, also movement practices, dance, things that are going to get you in the physical body are very, very helpful for not feeling overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. For sure. And again, that energetic survival for empaths, healers, and sensitive that people that Kat and I put out last fall, I think it was in the November uh, in November last year, that we discuss at greater length how to clear your energy, ground your energy, and protect your energy. So that, to answer that question about, well, how do we be a human and still be empathic, those would be some really valuable skills. So I would like to add as kind of that next step, discernment being able to tune in to starting to cultivate a practice of this is mine and this is not mine. Being able to tell the difference between this is my emotion, this is my flavor of energy, this belongs entirely to me, and 
that's somebody else's because then as soon as we can differentiate, as soon as we can tell, okay, everything of mine is over here and everything of mine is over here, we can separate that out. We can excuse these other energies and emotions from our immediate fields, which will also help us feel less overwhelmed. And it doesn't mean, you know, so imagine in this case, you're using your empathy as a, a tool, you know, either in a professional practice or in, in a way, you know, of being human service on, on the planet, like a grief worker, or, you know, if you're working with kids or whatever, and you're feeling all these emotions, then it is very valuable for you to be able to say like, okay, well, my emotions are this and this and this, and then all of this, like anger and fear and whatever, that doesn't actually belong to me. I'm still going to engage with it and talk with it and, you know, so I can understand what it needs and, and who it belongs to and I can identify, but it is no longer coming, at, you know, I'm no longer identifying with it as part of my personal experience. And that discernment is incredibly empowering and it helps you not feel overwhelmed and it helps you take action to adjust or bring alignment or bring harmony into the experience for yourself and for other people. Mm-hmm. So, 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 so important. Um, you know, also energetically to be, you know, visualizing yourself in a beautiful golden pink bubble of light and letting yourself that you, that, that experience of discernment is a separation. It's a boundary. And a lot of us didn't learn boundaries. Please go back and watch our boundary episode because it's chock full of amazing things to do for boundaries. But to, have a awareness of your own energy body where your emotional body is living the emotional body actually is quite outside of the physical body in a lot of ways it is out here so it's taking and processing um, outside of you to take control of that to own it to oh this is my energy field this is my emotional body I own it I'm in charge of it and I am going to uh, bring light into it. I'm going to call for light. I'm going to pray for light. I'm going to ask for help and I'm going to accept help in the form of light and colors and uh, allowing myself to receive, you know, this, this, you know, light into my field and utilizing that as a protective force field and boundary system for going out there in the t really tough places when you're in big crowds and you're uh, feeling kind of overwhelmed to take a deep breath, exhale and root down into the earth, and then activate that golden stream of light filling your field so that it's like, oh, I'm nice and cozy and warm and comfy inside this little egg of, of existence. And I don't have to let everything in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We get to call in our protection. You can, uh, you know, use some of these physical practices as well. You can use shaking, even if, you know, you're in public and you don't want to go full interpretive dance style, we can still just do a little like a little flick, flick, flick. And that's you symbolically. I release everything that's not mine and I am protected. I am safe. I keep my energy separate and safe. These affirmations also, you know, in addition to that, filling our field with a beautiful protective bubble, golden light or pink or whatever color really feels high vibration and very protective to you, affirming and claiming our power of, I am a sovereign being. I keep my energy separate and safe. And so it is, you know, let, I, I have an invitation actually I would love for all of you tuning in either now or if you're tuning into this later, in addition to that kind of list of like, these are all the ways that my empathy and my sensitivity make my life better, ask yourself, how can this help me feel more empowered? How can I cultivate a relationship with my empathy that is based and my sensitivity that is based in power and sovereignty and understanding it as a tool rather than being awash in it. This is the difference that I would say between using your empathy as an excuse for, oh, I can't do that because I'm an empath or because I'm sensitive and using it as a tool. I can do this because I'm an empath and I can show up in this way because I am that sensitive. And it's not that 
Uh, does that make sense, that distinction? I'm not sure where that came from. That might, might have just been a little hit in the moment. But like, and I say that fully acknowledging that I used to be one of those people who would say, you know, as, as a teenager, especially to my mom, oh my gosh, it's hard being human. Like in tears, it's hard being human. I used to say that a lot because I was an empath, a very, very sensitive person, especially as a younger person who had absolutely no context and no relationship with it from a place of power and empowerment. And now that I have spent a long time cultivating these practices, I view it as an enormously powerful tool. I own my sensitivity. I love my sensitivity. I fully embrace my sensitivity. And the more that I have done so and honed it, and I would say, honestly, I am even more sensitive now than I think I have ever been at any point in my life. And yet I am also empowered now in a way that I can interact with people, go out on the street, go out to events in a way that I haven't really been able to do in so many ways so again having that relationship with it as this is something that empowers me rather than this is something that weakens me or debilitates me does that make sense absolutely and i think that that's the place that a lot of people are stuck with this is that they're you know using this as an excuse to feel to beat themselves up and to be one more thing that i'm not good at one more thing that i'm not good enough um, and to start to, to bring pull that apart and be like no that's not okay it's okay for me to be sensitive and and it's okay for me to be powerful at the same time mm -hmm. and you know I'll just add that like give yourself a break um, there will be things at times that you will not want to do or really feel good doing and that's okay you know that um, you know uh, it's also watch yourself on things like alcohol and drugs and things like that. These can make us more susceptible to things that we don't, you know, maybe want to be bringing into our field. And they might be a way that you're uh, trying to numb and escape what you're feeling uh, through, you know, using substances. And so this is something that a lot of us will do. Oh, well, I'm feeling so much. Let me like, let me drink something because that will make me feel a little bit less. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, like pay attention to your behaviors and why you're doing what you're doing and acknowledge that sometimes, yeah, no, I don't really want to go to that thing is fine. And that at different points in time, as you're awakening, as different gifts are coming online, uh, different times in your menstrual cycle, you are going to be much more sensitive. So track yourself, maybe, you know, keep a journal and uh, acknowledge that, yeah, maybe this weekend isn't the best weekend to go to the big, you know, festival. And maybe, you know, I feel really solid and I feel like I'm taking care of myself and I'm getting enough alone time to be able to handle that. Mm -hmm. I would also love to, uh, you know, to sort of insert a very particular invitation and, and perhaps a piece of advice to men and men identified people who are looking to claim their relationship with their empathy and their healthy relationship with empathy. And, uh, and maybe, you know, obviously tuning into everything that we've discussed so far in this episode, but really, again, repeating that idea of it is possible to be fully in touch with our empathy and our sensitivity and be powerful. And so it, especially as we are healing the masculine within us all, you know, for women and when women identified people looking at that balance of our own internal feminine and masculine and owning that the masculine can be just as deeply empathic as the feminine. You know, we're not sort of polarizing these, um, you know, these things and assigning like, okay, well, women are gifted in this way or, or you know, the feminine is gifted in this way and the masculine is gifted in this way. Really noting that, again, this particular skill, this particular value is ubiquitous to all humans. There are not people who have this and, and people who can't ever have this aside from, you know, maybe with certain very rare total chemical imbalances in the brain. Um, but this is something that we can all embrace and cultivate within ourselves. And, uh, and I feel 
really called to issue that invitation of find the way that your sensitivity can help you feel more empowered to show up to be authentically vibrant, joyful, loving, compassionate, who you are in the world and serve from that place and let it be an empowering tool for you. I think that's, that's my, my big invitation I want to put in today. I love that, Michelle. And I think that's a good place for us to kind of wrap things up. Uh, you know, we have a lot of prior episodes that kind of touch on these different things. Like we said, energetic survival, the, we have a boundary episode. Um, what was one of the other ones, Michelle? Uh, the emotional catharsis, healing the archetypes. Have we done that one? Yeah, we did that one already, but like in terms of healing the relationship with the archetype of the empath and the healer. So uh, we encourage you to go back and listen to those and you'll get even more tools and tips that are more specific for those pieces. Mm-hmm. And as always, you're welcome to reach out to us at shamansistersessions at gmail.com through our website, shamansistersessions.com, through our Facebook page of the same name. And uh, where else, Michelle? You can... Uh, download and listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher. All of those links are also on our webpage. And mm-hmm. we love to hear from you. Any comments, uh, questions, anything that you would like to hear us do an episode about or anyone that you would like us to have on the show, we would love to hear from you. It's, it's always great when we receive messages from our uh, listeners and uh, Michelle, do you have anything uh, coming up that you're that you're excited about? Yes. Well, also to put on your radar, um, people who are tuning in now and later, if you are not already signed up for our newsletter, I highly encourage you to do so. And uh, there are plenty of places to do that on our website, shamansistersessions.com. You can go ahead and just put in your email, and that way you'll get special notes and articles from us, invitations, up updates of, uh, of special offers and opportunities to work with me and Catherine. You'll also get the upcoming episode schedules so you can stay tuned of like, oh wow, I really, really want to make sure I tune in live for that topic. We let you know a few episodes out so you can make sure to get it on your calendar. Next week we are, and this is normal time on Tuesday the 10th at one o'clock Pacific time. We are talking about energy vampires and toxic people. So this is kind of the, a little bit of that, you know, so, oh, okay, so I'm an empath. I'm particularly sensitive to energy vampires and toxic people. What do I do? Well, come back next week. We're going to be doing a whole episode on that. And also for those of you in the Portland area, near Portland, uh, the cat is coming to town in about what, like two weeks? Oh my gosh, in like a couple of weeks. Not even. And, huh? Not even? Not even two weeks. Yes, less than two weeks. I'm super excited. And we have two openings. We have openings for two private sessions. So if you would like to book with us, this is a, you, we have this opportunity a couple of times a year in Portland and in Southern California between the traveling that we do back and forth. And we have at this point done Um, you know, whenever we're visiting, we do private sessions with people and people love it and we love it. So please, if you would like to book one of those two available openings this time, the dates are somewhere in the April 16 through 18 range. Um, I believe that's a, like a Monday or a Tuesday would be the best time for us. And so go ahead and reach out and we can go ahead and get you on the calendar. And again, this is a, a rare sort of opportunity. It only comes around once or twice a year. So please let us know if you would like to do that. Thanks, Michelle. And I am getting ready in half an hour to be offering my free masterclass, You Are a Unique Healer, How to Embrace Your Authentic Mastery. So if you have not signed up for that yet, I encourage you to do so. Uh, and you can do that via the Facebook event um, or Eventbrite if you look that up. Uh, you are a unique healer and um, uh, let's see anything else and then also I am so excited to announce that you can now take uh, quite a few classes from me off of my website so uh, things that I have 
uh, ran in the past. I now have up there at katherinebird.com so you can engage with some of my work on your own and do some self-study. And that the healers process is coming up starting at the beginning of June. So I am starting to take calls to chat with people about that, to uh, get people on their payment plans if they need to do so, to get them ready to start the healers process, which will be a three-month course. And we will be going into all kinds of things around clearing and purification and grounding and lots of very uh, practices that you can utilize in your work and just living life and being able to bring your unique uh, guided work into the world. So I'm super excited to be offering that. And uh, yeah, thanks, Michelle. Everything, everything's so exciting here for me. So much coming up. Absolutely. So much coming up and just tuning in, kind of looking at who's on the call today. I know a couple of you would really, really do well to, um, to talk to Cat about healers process. So please do so. Please follow up. And Thank you so much for joining us today. We cannot wait to see you next week on April 10th for Energy Vampires and Toxic People. So go ahead and tune in then. In the meantime, many blessings and much love, and we'll talk to you later. Bye.